Welcome, everyone, to the 14th episode of the Hot Takes from Berg podcast. I'm your host, Jason Michener, joined alongside Ian Hatcher. How you doing today, Ian? I'm doing awesome. Thursday night football tonight. We're going to get a good start right here. I, I really like this first game coming out the gate, so I'm ready to get into it. Yes, it, it is a very, very good uh, game tonight. The Dolphins and Jaguars, uh, first game. It's very weird to think that we would you know be saying that at this point um I, I know that I for one I just am kind of a Dolphins fan I like the way that the way that they're building their team and I, I think they do play hard and I think they definitely give a lot of effort and it's fun to watch and Minshew has been awesome so far. Gardner Minshew has had a a pretty pretty good season so far in the first two games just barely losing to the Titans last week and pulling off that upset victory against the Indianapolis Colts in week one. But also the the Dolphins can be a little sneaky. The, that, yeah, that's why I like this game a lot. I'm so glad you said that. The Dolphins are very sneaky. I mean, they almost upset Buffalo, who is in the lead for the AFC East right now and behind a, a up-and-coming star quarterback in Josh Allen. But Fitzpatrick looks like he still has something in him. Oh, hey, Fitz, I mean, can we just call him by his real name, Fitz Magic? Um, <laughs> he, he's just he, – that guy's awesome. I mean, he's basically a legend at this point in the NFL. Um, he, I feel like he's the dad of the league. He's just like Mr. Cool. And he goes out and he's cold. Like, he's really good. <laughs> um, but So you definitely can't count him out of any game. It, he, he's shown that it doesn't matter what team he has, he can win. So um, you can't count them out. And so I'm expecting this to be a really good game. The one thing to worry about with Jacksonville last night is DJ Chark is a game-time decision. DJ so Chark out, is actually out. That, that's going to hurt Gardner, but he still does have D.D. Westbrook, who is a speedy threat. He just has to be able to come down with the ball. And expect um, expanded roles for uh, LaVisca Chenault and Colin Johnson. Uh, Two rookies um, who just got drafted this uh, previous draft uh, could – I mean, Chenault's already showed that he's got some juice. Um, and I believe it was week one. He didn't really do much week two. But um, Colin Johnson is uh, – I'd like, to hit, I'd like him to uh, take some of the jump balls from uh, that Chark usually gets. Uh, big body, six foot five out of Texas. Uh, he, could, he could win one tonight. And Minshew just – spreads the field it doesn't matter who's out there I, this could be a a really big weird fantasy night for him because it just feels like he finds all these different people all right moving on to sunday afternoon um hey, wait, i had i have the jaguars 31 23 uh, yes 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 uh <laughs> fitzpatrick might shock me again it's always a possibility but i i think gardner Minshew could take this one and continue his outstanding sophomore year so far. Um, moving on to Sunday afternoon, we have the Chicago Bears traveling down to Atlanta. Um, Mitch Trubisky has – I think he's been shocking the world right now. Absolutely. He's uh, – I talked a little about him. I said it last week. But um, 
he's been definitely outperforming and um he stepped up last week when I asked him to do it again um I can't say that I I love the way he's played I thought he still had a rough week one and it it just seems like he he heats up and wins them games and I mean I, I did say that's all you have to do with this Bears team as talented as they are all around this team could easily com- compete out in the NFC um but it, the question mark is just Trubisky and he, he's to his credit, he stepped up thus far. And then on the other side of the field, we have the Atlanta Falcons, who had a heart-crushing loss last week to the Dallas Cowboys with a game-winning field goal. But Matt Ryan is is looking like his MVP days. Absolutely. Another another quarterback that's been playing just so good out of the gate so far is, is Matt Ryan. And uh, Calvin Ridley especially also as – his, I mean, you know, you think of Julio as the guy in Atlanta, but that Julio gets all the attention and really just is on the opposite side of the field feasting. And so they got good things going down there. But for Atlanta, it's the defense that's the problem. Um, the the def, well, and also the run game. That it was those that combination is what let the Cowboys come back into that game because the Falcons couldn't successfully run the ball to to milk the clock. Which is. Todd Gurley looked good in game one against uh, the Seahawks, but I don't know what it was. He just couldn't really get anything going this game. But going against a – it's going to be really difficult going against this Bears front seven considering they have one of the best front sevens in the league. Yeah, though uh, one thing to keep in mind, though, is Khalil Mack is questionable. So he'll probably end up being a game-time decision, and if he's in – Tyler Gurley's going to have one hell of a time running the ball. If not, it, it might be a little bit more of a cakewalk. It it all depends on how that works out. Yeah. This, to me, I think this game has a little bit of an upset uh, alert to it, only because I know the Falcons have struggled on defense, but I think I, I like what I've seen more from – Atlanta's offense than I have from the Bears defense to to be honest so far and I think that they're getting the benefit of playing an offense that's not is not like a world beater you know this isn't a super crazy offense that they're going to be facing so I think if their defense can just do enough then I think this game screams upset alert I I can agree with that Uh, I want to see if Trubisky can continue his magic that he's had so far. But if not, yeah, the Falcons will walk away with their first victory of the season. Yeah, I've got uh, Falcons 30 to 26. All right, moving on to the Washington football team, the Cleveland Browns. Um, It wasn't a shocker last week that Washington lost, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, the the defense did a really, really good job, uh, I thought, the entire game. Um, they had the early miscommunication to um, Hopkins in the back of the end zone. But after that, it was really, really clean defensive play. And um, it, it was really just – and it was almost what I said in the podcast before. I, I just don't – outside of McLaurin, who had an awesome day, I just don't the, – the playmaking is not there for, for Washington. So it, it, it just remains to be seen somebody – who can step up. I like Steven Sims as that guy, but he is questionable for this game. Um, but it just feels like Washington doesn't have enough pop for me on offense. 
also their their main issue they've never been good against mobile QBs and they don't really have another mobile QB on their schedule which is huge for them because going against guys like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson that's going to that's going to dampen your season the only other like they have to play Lamar Jackson week 4 other than that no one else is mobile and then looking at this Browns team it, it's still underperforming, in my opinion. It's underperforming, but I, I think if you like, if you watch closely, you can see the recipe for success developing. Um, at, at least, maybe it's overanalyzing at this point in the season, but thus far, I, it fe- feels like to me that they've they're kind of learning that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is the has the potential to be the best backfield in the league and it I could say it looks like it could not be close because I mean we know what Kareem Hunt is capable of and Nick Chubb was what the rushing leader last year uh, behind Derrick Henry yeah behind Derrick Henry I mean these guys are crazy and their skill sets are so diverse I think the key for them is keeping Baker in that I like him in the 20 to 30 pass range I don't like him gunslinging because that's when he gets a little too excited and can make some turnovers but because you got, I mean, two really good options just right out of the backfield. Um, but it it's really going to depend on how Washington's offense can play against its defense. Because the the Browns secondary isn't the isn't the best. They have Denzel Ward. They have Greedy Williams. And Williams is questionable. And other than that, it's. It's no really big playmakers. Yeah, my, I, I, to me, the, the key to the game for the, the Washington football team is I, I think that one thing that they've also done incredible all season is forcing turnovers. They got a really poor-looking Philadelphia offense week one, um, in, which they, in which they also dominated with the sacks, but they had two picks in the game also. And, and then last week, I think they at least had a pick on Kyler Murray. So um, they need to keep forcing turnovers. Uh, the secondary is actually looking really good for Washington so far. And you got to find somebody other than Terry McLaurin to carry the load for you on offense in whatever aspect it may be. Somebody's got to step up and, and help that offense move the ball down the field. I, I think Cleveland can walk away with this one. If Baker just keeps everything, if he keeps up what he did last week, yeah, I think it'll be a closer game because, um, like I said, I have been very impressed by Washington's defense thus far. But um, I had the Browns winning 27 to 23. All right. Um, the next 1 p.m. game, the Rams and the Bills, the battle of the uh, under half the league undefeated teams left. Um you know, Jared Goff looked really damn good last week. He he absolutely did. Um, I may have jinxed the Eagles on um, saying that they were undefeated versus the Rams, but um, that was the most that that was one of the best performances I've seen from Goff. And um, the Rams played a really good game all around. Uh, they they even had Daryl Henderson going out of the backfield in a day where they were. Um, without Cam Akers. Um, so you had that working for you and golf was golf was 
had a connection with Higby that was of a greater power and they they connected for three touchdowns and Cooper Cup was the third down conversion guy and every piece of their offense was working and the the problem with the Rams is that too too many times it feels like they will have an aspect of it that's not working and and they they had it all working and they made the Eagles pay the price and the weird thing is with the the Rams defensive line isn't terrible. They have Aaron Donald, and there it wasn't a single sack all game. Like Carson once wasn't getting super heavy pressure like he was against Washington in Week One. No, nothing close to what we, um, what it was. Um, the defensive line, I, I really expected them to at least Donald for sure to kind of feast, but um, the the Eagles were content to double team Donald and. On the few plays where they didn't, um, I saw some really good offensive line play. Um, unfortunately, one of those players was Siamalu, who's now out. But um, for the Rams, the, defensively, I, I'll tell you this, Micah Kaiser is a rocket on defense for them. He is the man in the middle. Um, he's one of the best rookie linebackers I've seen play this year. He he was hunting all game here like 16 tackles I think he, he was he was a problem um now moving on to the Buffalo Bills they they do have a, a few questionable people uh yeah. Matt Milano is still questionable Truman Edmonds is still questionable along with Zach Moss and John yeah. Brown are the are the big names they also have and- Tredavious White and Teron Johnson so that's your one and two coin or your number one corner in your slot corner right there, which that one hurts. And then, like you said, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, that hurts. Um, but I think the the recipe for the Bills is they need to keep relying on Josh Allen. He's really been, you know, the first, second, and third option for this team so far. They've had a, a little bit of success with Singletary so far, but 86 yards through two games is – is nothing to write home about, and um, he you can tell that Josh Allen is really enjoying Stephon Diggs, and I really like that combination for them. The Bills, I really like the Bills team. Their defense is super solid. It's really banged up this week, which gives me gives me some ifs, makes me a little iffy. But um, I like the I like this Bills team too much. Also, Stephon Diggs leading the league in receiving yards right now. That's huge for them. Josh Allen in the top five for passing yards. This offense line hasn't haven't hasn't been giving up too many sacks, which is big. Well, it helps when you have Allen, and I mean he's very sneaky athletic. Yeah, um, it's going to be difficult for this this Rams team to be able to stop a guy like Josh Allen, just because I. I like Carson Wentz. He's just not as athletic as Josh Allen. No, no, not at all. Um, like Josh when, Allen will take hits and yeah, will deal oh, yeah. them back. And Allen is also – I'll give it to him. He's – I equate Allen to more of a Cam Newton. Um, I wouldn't put uh, Wentz anywhere near that category. And Newton is big, strong, fast, and athletic and – Josh Allen might not have the same speed that that Newton had, um, but he is just as strong and just almost just as quick. 
I, I see Buffalo coming out of this one with the win. Keeping... I think it's going to be close, but uh, yeah, I agree. I have Bills 24-23. Moving on to what's next? Ah, the Titans and the Vikings. Um, I, I said it last week, and I'm going to continue to say it. Derrick Henry's still shocking me. He, he's been playing really good. I, I don't know what else to say about that. 116 yards last week. Absolutely. He goes as they go. That He they he is the focal point for that offense. It, it's constructed around him. Um, everything about it is, you know, it's a power football team. And, and Derrick Henry is the heart and soul of that. Um, you know, he, he really is the heart and soul of Titans football. Now, Ryan Tannehill is, is still – Underperforming to that contract, in my opinion. But you have A.J. Brown coming back, hopefully. Uh, Corey Davis has looked really good. Adam Humphreys hasn't looked bad. Joni Smith has been a fantastic tight end for them. Absolutely. I think they're going to hope that he's available. I know he's questionable. And then their defense has has not looked great, but it's looked okay. It's um, uh, for t- about Tannehill. To me, Tannehill has done exactly what he did last year um, and what you could only hope for a team that is as well-constructed as Tennessee is um, and just not lose games, you know? Um, Marcus Mariota was um, – he was often unavailable, and when he would play, you would never really see it. And with Tannehill, it was just like, a consistency factor for the Titans. You know what I'm saying? So they, he just continued to not, you know, turn the ball over an excessive amount and and just put them in a winning position in all their games and the defense does its part. And I, I really like the Titans. Now moving on to this Vikings team that has not, not been good. Um, Kirk Cousins has not looked good. Uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Dallin Cook only has 113 yards in the first two games because their their offensive line isn't able to give him enough time to be able to find the gaps. Yep. And then you can really tell that Kirk is missing Stephon Diggs right now. I couldn't agree with you more. It was the it was all of my points about the Vikings team was how much they missed Stephon Diggs. Uh, without Stephon Diggs, the Vikings. They just have a huge hole opposite of Adam Thielen. And now opposing defenses are so content to just put more coverage over there on Thielen and, and play it out the rest of the way because they have no one else that really can cause a mismatch. Um, it's crazy. You almost think about it like basketball. There's no guys out there that are just going to consistently win routes. And also you have to think they have to do it in the time before Kirk Cousins is getting mauled. So – that on top of their defensive play, which they're hoping it gets better on the line here soon, but their cornerback play is a big problem, Marcus. Still Mike out. Hughes is out right now. They've already lost Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne this offseason. Yeah. The only the only notable player in that secondary right now is Harrison Smith. That's playing. I mean, Holton Hill is a, a good player. Anthony Harris is a decent safety. But Mike Hughes is that other guy you can rely on, and he's injured, possibly. 
Yeah. Um, also, this defensive line is really missing Daniel Hunter. The the linebacking course is really missing Anthony Barr. They, I know they wish they could have his rushing off the edge right now. Absolutely. There's a lot of teams. Um, but yeah, ten, Tennessee can easily walk away with this one. Yeah, I think this game will be close. Um, just more due to the Titans' nature. Uh, AJ Brown be, and Johnny Smith being questionable makes me a little iffy because those are the two playmakers opposite of or outside of Derrick Henry that I really like for t- Tennessee. So if, if either one of them misses time, it could c- turn into more of a slugfest. Um, but either way, I got the Titans 20 to 17. All right, moving on to the Raiders and the Patriots. The Raiders have been quite shocking. Absolutely, definitely a surprise team. Um, completely upset New Orleans this past Monday. I thought it was a phenomenal game for Be- Oakland. Derek Carr is looking, looking good. Josh Jacobs is looking like a top five running back in the league still. And then Darren Waller is looking like a top five tight end. Uh, he's he's really impressive. He is a an outstanding tight end, and it, he also has the benefit the the really good tight ends that get talked about in that position have quarterbacks that rely on them a lot. And Darren Waller, week in and week out, sees about ten passes. So, and he definitely capitalizes. Also, this this Raiders offensive line has been doing a pretty good job of protecting Derek Carr, which was a huge thing two years ago. That's why he got injured. It's definitely been a lot better on the offensive line. Um, and you've seen it's now gotten to the point where they're busting these huge holes open for Josh Jacobs, and he, that, that man is loving his job. Now, it is – so it is really bad right now. Josh Jacobs, Henry Ruggs, and Darren Waller are questionable. And yeah. if they don't have any of those three – then it's it's a loss, in my opinion. I don't think Derek Carr is going to have the weapons on offense to be able to compete with the the Patriots. But if he has those, it's going to be a fantastic game. Yeah, I feel like here playing the odds, um, I'd say we see Josh Jacobs and either Waller or Ruggs play, but um, – Waller and Jacobs are the two key players. That as long as they suit up, I really like Ruggs, but he's been used in a limited role, and I don't think he's at a make-or-break point uh, yet, in my opinion, so far. So I, I still do favor the Raiders, though, in this game. I like what I've seen from them more. I have questions about Cam Newton being able to get more done through the air. I know that um, he hasn't really – been able to be stopped at the goal line, but they can't be as one-dimensional um, when they're down there. I mean, somebody's got to stop it first, but um, I guess that, I picked the Raiders. So I guess that means I'm picking the Raiders to stop it, but um, I, I just got a feeling about the Raiders. I really like the way they've looked. They've been one of the most uh, pleasing teams to me thus far, and for that, they get my seal of approval, 31-29 to 29 Raiders. I mean, it does hurt that Julian Edelman and Nikhil Harry are still questionable for this week. Yeah. And if if Cam doesn't have Julian Edelman, then he doesn't really have a passing threat. Yeah. Because Julian Edelman has been their, his receiver. 
Well, and outside of Edelman, the and obviously you have Harry, who has a lot of potential. We haven't really seen it thus far. Um, but after Edelman, if you're talking about guys that you really trust going out there the next day, there's not many guys on that roster. All right, now moving on to the San Francisco 49ers and the New York Giants, who have had the most disappointing injury in the past few years. Saquon Barkley has gone down with a season-ending injury, which just hurts Giants fans. It hurts me. I love Saquon. Uh, I mean, yeah. First, I mean, as a sports fan, you don't – you know, every sport fan dreams of a perfectly healthy season. I mean, we know we're never going to get it, but we can dream. But um, anytime you see a bright young star uh, have something like this happen to him, it's, it's so sad. Um, you wish nothing for the be- but the best for him, um, especially uh, such a likable guy like Saquon. Um, it's really sad, but um, the thing that the Giants have to now realize is that – he didn't do it in the two games we got to see him, but that, that's the heart and soul of their team. Um, Saquon was there for two years and was the unquestioned face of the franchise it, from the second he was selected in the draft. So, And then looking at uh, 49ers, they also have some really – they're also injury-riddled right now. The 49ers and the Eagles are probably the only, only teams that could understand – the injuries that these two teams have gone through. I mean, just to name people on IR, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Jalen Hurd, Tavon Austin, Richard Sherman. Tevin Coleman. And then just, yeah, Tevin Coleman's doubtful. But people that are most likely going to be injured this week, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, George Kittle. D4, Dre Greenlaw. Like, that's – I don't know if they're going to be able to have a team to be able to put out there. Yeah, and I think for one thing that you can't really undervalue, it's got to be so shocking for them. I mean, you think, you know, they went and basically beat the snot out of the Jets, but they they lost all these players. I mean, they're probably shell-shocked. I mean, can you imagine you walk in there – Everyone kind of expects like a stat pattern kind of a game, and then you leave, and it's like your you coach your entire hop offense immediately defense, to call up practice squad players. It's insane. I mean, Nick Mullins is going to be your starting quarterback. Yeah, that's if Jimmy G plays or not is a big thing for me. Um, I I would still have uh, the Forty ers winning if I if Jimmy G plays, but I, I don't think they're gonna press him into action. I think they're just going to give him a week off. It's the Giants. Um, and I think the Giants are going to play for Saquon and, and get get the upset. It also hurts that you're losing the the best tight end in the league, most likely. Absolutely. And George Kittle, which hurts a lot. Um, but it all depends on who plays. If yeah. If they play Jimmy G and George Kittle, then the 49ers can walk away with this. If not, the Giants, I think they could get their first one of the season. Oh, absolutely. I think um, they, they've got something to play for. Um, you know, it, it was so tragic, and I think they pull it off for me. And I, it's not, Saquon is a big part of that team, but 
Daniel Jones, I still have kind of liked what I've seen between him and, and the wide receivers. Uh, obviously, Shepard's also down, but Slayton's looked good. So, Evan Ingram's hopefully going to play good. So, Also, um, we'll see what we can – we'll see what Deion Lewis can bring to that team and for the rest of the season. It'll be interesting for sure. Um, moving on to – one of the last two 1 p.m. games, we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I mean, I already spoke on it earlier. Carson Wentz is looking really, really bad this season. Yeah. Bad might be an understatement. Um, I, I've never really uh, – I'm a huge Eagles fan. I've seen a lot of Carson Wentz, and I've seen him not play particularly well, but – this has been the worst two-game stretch I've ever seen of Car- from Carson Wentz. And um, my faith in him as a legitimately, like, winning quarterback is wavered because of it. Um, it just looks like um, – and I understand our offense is very much not what we expected it would be going into the season. We already two – of, two of what would have been our top wide receivers, uh, Marcus Goodwin opted out, and – Alshon Jeffrey haven't played yet, and one will not play. But Jeffrey is now back at practice. He just actually practiced the other day, which seems good. But Jalen Rieger – That's, that's also, big for y'all. That is big. But now Jalen Rieger is out for at least three to four weeks, I believe, with the thumb injury. And on top of that, Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox are questionable going into the game. So it – I'm about to make an ass of myself and pick the Eagles for the third week in a row. <laughs> and looking at it and realizing how stupid it is, um, I'm going to stick with it. But um, the the key to the game is they have to find a flow with Carson Wentz in this offense. Um, I, and I think that they can win this game, but I think it's going to take a really big day from Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Um, Carson Wentz is at his best when he targets the tight ends. Um, he gets a lot of his production from there and off the, and also crafty um, running back passes are a big part of the Eagles offense and, and chunk plays for them. So um, if they can activate that aspect of their game, that's what's going to move them, move the chains for them, um, put in a position to not be turned off over so often and uh, just move us down the field and keep getting us points because we've really struggled to just convert drives into points this season. No, I'm, I'm going to speak on the Bengals for a little bit. Joe Burrow's been looking good. I think he can win rookie of the year for offense. Absolutely. If he, if he keeps up what he did last game against the Browns. Um, Joe Mixon hasn't looked bad. Uh, I'd like to see a little more out of him. Um, not the greatest uh, yards per carry. But then this receiving core hasn't looked terrible. Tyler Boyd is looking like the player he was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, A.J. Green hasn't been getting the targets he – I think he deserves. They're just getting but, acclimated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he'll he'll get there eventually. Um, and then I'm still waiting to see if they're gonna implement T. Higgins more into the offense because he can. I think he can be with that real playmaker that they need yeah. outside there. Uh, but I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I'm gonna have to take uh, Cincinnati in this game. You're the smart I, man. You're the I don't know if I can really trust Carson Wentz the rest of this. Like, if he 
I mean, this is his prove it game right here. Yeah. I if mean, he doesn't, this is his cupcake. Well, what you would have thought was the cupcake game coming in the schedule. Um, if it can't get done here, then it's going to be sirens and red alert and um, things are going to change rapidly and the Eagle season will take a potentially a totally different trajectory than what was thought. But um, I got, I got to think that they pull it, pull it, pull themselves out of the hole here. Now to the last uh, 1 PM game, we got the Houston Texans going up to Pittsburgh. Um, they didn't look terrible in week one, but going against the Ravens, just Lamar just looks fantastic on them. Yeah, I mean. Also, the the mix-up in the backfield between Gus Edwards and Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins is just – I think it's too much for most teams to handle. It, it's just the, the way with which they changed the pace so quick. You know what I'm saying? It's – uh, Gus the bus Edwards. I mean, he'll bust it up on you real quick. Um, Mark Ingram is got the the power and speed combination, and then Dobbins is uh, just juiced. I mean, he's a freak. So I, I really love that combination as well. And obviously, the Texans couldn't handle it. And then Duke Johnson is questionable. Brandon Cooks is questionable. Who is their number one receiver? Tunsil and JJ Watt questionable. Just you're gonna you're gonna have to see a lot from Will Fuller this week for them to get a win against Pittsburgh, who has a a very good secondary and just a very good defense in general. Yeah, I, I'm. I honestly don't know if I think the Texans are good enough right now to to just have like one player step up. I think they play poor in a lot of phases Watson has been the only real bright spot I haven't not a single receiver has really popped to me David Johnson looks is, is kind of laying an egg in comparison to what DeAndre Hopkins is doing so um this from what we've seen from the Texans so far it doesn't give you that much confidence that their offense is getting better and then on the other hand Pittsburgh is looking great Benny Snell had a fantastic game last week with James Conner going down, but of course Conner's coming back. Uh, the only worry in this team is if Juju's going to play, but they looked great without Juju last week. Deontay Johnson stepped up. Chase Claypool stepped up. Well, Deontay Johnson is also questionable now. Um, so that, that could change things, but um you know, you have a couple injuries, but then you also get a guy like David DeCastro back for the first time this season, um, who's one of the better offensive linemen in the NFL period. And um, that's, a, that's a huge get for you. Uh, as you know, we've seen the attrition among all the teams. It's so nice to get a guy of his caliber back at this point in the season. It feels really good. So um, that, that'll be huge. And there's not a thing I haven't liked from the Steelers so far. Big Ben looks as good as ever it seems like whatever running back is in the backfield is going to get his and the wide receiver play has been really good Deontay Johnson is is electric to say the least and we all know what Juju is Uh, this offense is very good and you also have Ebron at tight end there's nothing to not like here I I don't think there's any doubt that the Steelers are going to walk away with this game unless Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller 
just completely burn this Steelers secondary. It could happen, but it's going to – somebody for that Houston team is going to have to make plays, and it can't – it's got to be someone other than Watson. I, I think the Steelers' defense is too good for him to backpack the Texas to a win. All right, now on to the 4 p.m. games. First one, we got the New York Jets and the Indianapolis Colts. Um, the Colts looked iffy in week one, but really bounced back against the Vikings. And this this Jets team is just – it's bad. I think that's the only way I can say it. It's just really bad. Well, I'd go even more harsh and say it's sad because um, I tuned in last week and – I saw Darnold do some really, really impressive things. And it was so sad because it was see the you'd see the flash and then the t- next drive it started off with the biggest jet play of all time, uh, the fastest three and out you've ever seen. And it was just like, oh my God. And then their defense is not very talented either. So it's just a dumpster fire. They need a new coach. I mean – you can't realize it now. You should honestly just start looking right now. Because... I mean, all of their playmakers are injured. Le'Veon Bell's out for the season. Bashad Perryman's doubtful. Jay Crowder's doubtful. Chris Hogan's questionable. Denzel Mims is out for the season. Josh Dobson's out. Wow. Uh, CJ Mosley's still out. Like, your, your playmakers on both sides of the ball are gone. Yeah. And on the other side of the field, I mean, you have the Colts, who I think by Colts fans' definitions, I don't think that Phillip Rivers has necessarily uh, paid dividends that they were looking for yet. But um, you saw the improvement to week in week two. Uh, it's getting better, and Jonathan Taylor has looked outstanding. Um, you talked about one rookie of the year candidate earlier um, in Burrow, and I think he has an absolutely outstanding chance to get it if he's going to throw – as many passes as he is, but Jonathan Taylor could easily do it too. He looks to be the guy in Indianapolis, and uh, I think he's so ready. He looks so good catching the ball out of the backfield, which is an aspect we didn't really see him have in college. And he he looks ready to just take off that whole running back position full tilt. And it also helps that this, this Colts team doesn't really have too many big injuries. Of course, Marlon Mack going down last week um, really put dividends, but we saw what Jonathan Taylor could do. Absolutely. Other than that, the only the big one is Malik Hooker being on IR. And that then Justin uh, being questionable this week. But I I think Julian Blackman can can step up to the plate and do a decent job. I don't think he's he's not going to be able to do what Malik Hooker did because Malik Hooker is one of the, the best young safeties in the league. At least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. But it it's just how bad this, this Jets team is that I, I don't see this Colts team losing to them. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't – they have the injuries and some problem spots in, in the secondary, but it you're not playing any playmakers that you think could really make you pay for it, so – all right, moving on to the Panthers and Chargers. Uh, this Panthers team, Matt Matt Rule hasn't done a, a fantastic job turning turning things around yet. No, it hasn't. 
I was excited a lot for this offense because it has a lot of exciting pieces to it, uh, right? But um, it got a little less exciting with McCaffrey being sidelined four to six weeks with high ankle sprain. But I still like their their wide receiver play. I think it could be a, a surprisingly good unit of, you know, headlined by DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and, and Curtis Samuel is another electric kind of player. And I feel like the emphasis is really starting to build on the Bridgewater. Um, it kind of sucks for him because I feel like these guys are track stars and Bridgewater doesn't really have the arm to like get the most out of a guy like that. But on, I still thought they'd have good success in the close to intermediate routes, um, but they just got to get those guys the ball. And I think they have a chance, but um, without McCaffrey, that's a, that's what 50% of your offense it's going to be a tall task this week and then looking at the at the chargers um i'm pretty sure you're going to have star justin herbert this week they already announced it actually and tyrod taylor uh has a punctured lung from a shot that he was given and he has no timetable to return as of yet so it there are still really, really big question marks with Justin Herbert. There are big question marks with him going into the draft, um, not being the most accurate quarterback out there. Yeah. But this defense is still so, so good. Absolutely. And I I will say, to Herbert's credit, uh, to Herbert's credit, I liked what I saw from him um, in week two. Um, I thought he had a little bit of a benefit of uh you know not being not knowing that he was a starter until the game time um he really he had no opportunity for nerves or anything to take over so um if anything this is probably preparation wise is you know his real week one so um on a quick turnaround like that I really liked what I saw from him uh he played within himself and he just gave him a chance to win the game and even made some big winning plays for them so that's all you can really ask for and um I still think the secondary needs to get a little bit better just for the names that they have back there. Um, I liked what I saw from the front seven last week, but secondary need, needs to be better for the names that are in that cornerback room. I, I agree. Um, but just I, – I don't think the Panthers can really compete with what the Chargers have going right now. I agree. I agree. I, I think um, I think that Herbert puts it on them and – Chargers win 34 to 24. All right. Uh, the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Dak got extremely lucky last week. Um, I yeah. will say this this is something I didn't really bring up earlier. I, earlier in the season, I know Dak has been dealing with depression uh, with losing his uh, brother due to suicide this offseason. And I know that's that's huge on a person. A serious topic, yeah, for sure. And he he has been playing not bad for no standards. And I do want to bring that up. No, that's that's. Uh, I'm glad you did. That's terrific. Um, but I I still think he could be playing better with how talented this team is. I mean, Dalton Schultz is emerging as a good tight end 
And then you have three of some of the best receiver. Like, you have probably the best receiving core in the league. One of them. Um, one of them, for sure. Um, I think um, I, I'm a Dak hater, but I'll give Dak credit. Uh, he pulled off an outstanding comeback. And um, it put the Cowboys in a good position at one and one, tied for the division lead. So um, that that was really big for the Cowboys, and um, Dak deserves a lot of credit for it. But um, to me, this week it comes down more to uh, about it's more about the team that they're playing, and also the Cowboys have a little bit of some injuries going into this week. Uh, Tyron Smith, Trevon Diggs, Demarcus Lawrence, and Shadobi Awuzie all questionable. Um, those are some big-time players for them and guys that are three starters so um, and two pro bowlers. So. And then this, this Seahawks team has been blowing me away. Russell Wilson looking like MVP caliber. Uh, nine touchdowns, the one interception. He's top five in passing yards. Uh, Chris Carson has looking, been looking pretty good uh, along with Carlos Hyde. And then DK Metcalf is just man, a bad man. One of the best young receivers in the league. He's him a and, make, bad him man. Warren and Hollywood Brown are like three guys that are terrific, and he looks like he's the best of them right now. I don't know how he fell to the last pick of the second round to Seattle, but I'm glad he did. Yeah, it is a perfect fit, and especially on the op on you think about it in terms of their offense, the opposite side of a guy like Tyler Lockett, it, it just is such a good fit and a combination, and, and it works so well. And it's not even like DK is slow; like he ran a four four to his combine. No, he a lot of the routes he's been winning this far have been just straight burn routes. I mean, he's just been outrunning people on multiple touchdowns I've seen this this season which is insane for how big he is. And then we can't – like, this This defense has been good. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, uh, he is questionable, but he's been looking – he's been looking like a good corner. Uh, Shaquille Griffin as well. Jamal Adams is looking like one of the best safeties in the league, like always. Their secondary is shaping into a really, really talented unit, and they're starting to play like it as well. They're starting to – the Seahawks are getting their swagger back right now. And I hope the league is on, is watching closely because – before long, these guys are going to be playing with some outstanding chemistry, and they're going to be really scary. I I really think the only the only big question right now is if Dwayne Brown's going to be playing because if he's not, that's that's really bad for Russell because that's his blindside tackle. But if he plays, I I think uh, Seattle would walk away with this. I Just think. Be- um, I, I, I'd take them either way only because I've seen how good Wilson can be with, it seems like nobody blocking, um, with his legs. He's just so elusive and, and can beat you in so many different ways that I like the Seahawks in this game. And I think it's close, but I have Seahawks 33 to 30. All right. Moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Tampa Bay bounced back last week. Oh, absolutely, in a huge way. And they they really had to. We kind of expected it playing the Panthers, um, but they really needed that um, because week one was kind of a stinker. Um, Leonard Fournette, 
looking like his old days in Jacksonville. Just can be the best player out on the field if he wants to be. Absolutely. And then Mike Evans looking like the 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 big guy you just want to throw it up to when you can. I mean, Tom Brady has come out to say that he thinks Mike Evans can be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, just the combination of size, speed, athleticism, and all that in one guy. He's just a jump ball winner, and he's got all the intangibles you would want in a wide receiver. And then you can't forget about guys like O.J. Howard who and Chris Godwin, who have just been really, really good players. Oh, absolutely. And then O.J. Howard is – probably one of the best young tight ends in the league. And I think having a guy like Tom Brady getting him passes is going to help him grow so fast. Um, but I, I don't, there's not really anything that really gives me any, any good vibes from the Broncos right now. Um, Drew Locke's gone. That is a killer for me. I mean, you're going to have, and Philip Lindsley's doubtful, like, your your starting QB is gonna be Jeff Driscoll or Blake Bortles. Yeah, and I I don't really like that. Um, also, Cortland Sutton's out for the year, most likely. With the, uh, yeah, like this this team just has so many injuries right now. It's it's bad. I I don't know how they're really gonna bounce back back from this. It's I mean, just the lost. losing of Drew Locke, really, to me, um, is so huge to this team um, that I think that – and also after just losing him last week, I don't think they're really um, going to be a competent team, to say the least, uh, this week. If it, it is, it's going to be on – it's going to be on Melvin Gordon and the wide receivers to make it easy on uh, Driscoll. But um, this seems like kind of like a trap game. I've got Bucks. Huge, thirty-four to thirteen. Also, losing Cortland Sutton is is really, really yeah. big. Uh, as good as as much as I like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton was by far the best wide receiver currently on the Broncos. Um, so that that really hurts them. All right, moving on to the last four p.m. game, we got the Detroit Lions going down to Arizona. Kyler Murray has been an MVP candidate, no doubt. In my mind, at um, just it's it's like Lamar Jackson's sophomore year, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kyler Murray is establishing himself as one of the most dynamic QBs in the NFL, and it, Hopkins is helping him in no small part. Um, I talk about it a lot. It's so big for these guys to have a really good receiver. And, I mean, if you were picking them out of the NFL top to bottom, Hawkins is one of the first people that's going to be gone. So, I mean, Kyler Murray has one of the best in the game, and they already have such a good chemistry. Um, the one thing I, I want to see from the Cardinals is I want to see Kenyon Drake uh, get back to what he was over, you know, the last few games – uh, last year, uh, he was really outstanding in those games. I, he had a four-touchdown game, I believe, 
crazy stuff. And um, we haven't really seen that from him. And that could really open up this Cardinals offense as truly dynamic. And defense as well has really gotten it done. So the Lions have a tall task, especially a team that hasn't won a game yet and trying to do it against the 2-0 Cardinals. Yeah, I I like Detroit. Um, it, I Matt Stafford's good. Absolutely. But Kenny Galladay being still questionable, your your number one receivers are Marvin Jones and Danny Mandola. From what I've seen, it looks like Kenny Galladay is going to be a go this week. Uh, all signs kind of seem to point to that, but um, obviously you don't really know until game day. But then uh, – Working him in week one – or basically his week one. And then carry on Johnson, I like – but he hasn't really been able to get anything going. Of course, DeAndre Swift had that heartbreaking game dropping pass last week. The only the only player that really looked is looking good right now is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson has been the best back, but you you talking about week one when Swift dropped the pass? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, week one. Um. Yeah, I've liked what I've seen from Swift. They they still seem intent on getting him his touches, but Peterson is like you said, he's the workhorse of the group right now. Um, I kind of expected it to be Carry On Johnson. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, they seem to be higher on Adrian Peterson, and if he gets it done better for him, uh, the more power to you. There's something you know. I tell you, I told you last week. There's one one game a week. I'm going Lions, 28-27. That, that's fair. I I can see where you're coming for that. Um, I I still don't trust the Lions. That's just me personally. Oh, no. They don't. They haven't given us a reason to, but I'm trying to give them some good, good juju. <laughs> um, moving on to Sunday night football, we have the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. Let's just uh, stop and realize the Sunday night and Monday night games are spectacular. Um, we NFL, we need this every week. We want games like these. These are – I'm so excited for these games. The The only thing for Green Bay right now is if Devontae Adams plays, it's going to be a fantastic game. Absolutely. Um, their whole wide receiving – core has been outstanding i i love what obviously adams is giving you but also the most impressive guys to me have been alan lazard and uh, mvs they've really stepped up and and answered the bell i kind of was, you know wondering where their playmakers would would come from being that they didn't target any in the draft really and the guys on their roster have made the difference and it looks like a scary cohesive unit when you add in Devontae Adams. So his hamstring is, is going to be in large part. It's going to have a good, it's going to tell how the game is going to go. Um, without Devontae Adams, I, I don't like Alan Zard and MBS on Marshawn Lat- Lattimore. I don't like that. I like Devontae Adams handling that and letting his other guys get the matchups they usually would get. So, um, but if, Devontae Adams plays in this game, I'm going with the Packers. Also, you gotta you gotta remember Michael Thomas is still questionable. If he plays, 
then that's going to be fits for Jari Alexander. Yeah, I mean, it's really – whichever team can get their receiver, I, I think is going to win. Uh, and I think right now it looks like it's more likely going to be Green Bay. And I, I – but I do like the Saints' other options of stepping up if um, Michael Thomas doesn't step up and Sanders, Deontay Harris, and Traquan Smith. So they have options, and obviously having Kamar helps a lot. All right. Um, I I think New Orleans is going to pull this one out. I, I like that. Just, and now for what I think is probably going to be the biggest game of the year and maybe the AFC Championship preview, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean. Two former MVPs going at it. The last two MVPs. Um, this, like you said, I, I said it, it's got game of the year written all over it. Um, but I feel like every time something like this happens, it either happens the way we want it and, or more times than not, it turns into more of like a hard nose kind of 50, 50 grinded out game. I'm hoping for the, the offensive showcase. I would really want to see that really, really badly for this this week especially because i'm starting hollywood brown but, i would um, love to see that the chiefs rams game from two or three years ago and have that be this game oh yeah but th- this is what this is what everyone's excited for I, I my best guess is ravens 37 36 but the only thing i gotta say about this game is just you get a get a big bowl of popcorn your favorite drink and watch the back and enjoy. Yeah, this is going to be a fun, fun game. I mean, you you have two of the most electrifying quarterbacks, probably one of the better pocket passers, and Patrick Mahomes, and then one of the best scrambling quarterbacks of all time, and Lamar Jackson. Absolutely, um, two of the best black quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, the, this was the first this year had the highest. Um, week one starting uh, black quarterbacks, which is another thing I think should be recognized. Um, a, a lot of these co- young, talented quarterbacks are black, and it's an awesome thing to see. Uh, you love it, and these are two of the best at their position. You know, um, they get it done in different ways, but both of them are still outstanding, and I, I can't wait for this game. This is going to be – Probably the most exciting game of of week three, if not the Packers and Saints. Yeah, just make sure you catch both of them just to be safe. So going off of where we went last week, uh, we were ten and four for week one. I believe week two we were nine and five. Not bad again. So not a not a bad start. Definitely some some hot takes with that uh that Chargers <laughs> game, but that was a, that was close, a lot closer than everyone expected. Hey man, we just gotta live up to the name. Um, but I think that's gonna wrap us up for this week. I hope y'all enjoyed. I'm Jason Mitchell, you're doing alongside Ian Hatcher, and we'll see y'all sometime next week. I'll see you.